0: Welcome to The Truth Simply Put, the teaching broadcast vehicle of the Basilea Commission. On today's teaching by Alexander Victor, God's Word, rightly divided in the light of Christ, who is the central theme of the entire scriptures, will come with simplicity, precision, clarity, and power to instruct, admonish, edify, and build you up into the full measure of the stature of Christ. Now, let's dive straight in.
1: We left off at establishing from 1 Corinthians 11 which is our text in church consciousness discerning the Lord's body that where Paul says let each man examine himself he could not possibly be saying examine yourself for sin because sin cannot possibly be found in the body if Jesus took he himself, he himself took our sins upon himself he himself took 1 Peter 2.24 1 Peter 2.24 you see that? (laughs) You see that? First Peter 2.24 Who himself bore our sins in his own body. His own body. He bore our sins. How does the TPT put this? He himself, TPT, 1 Peter 2.24 He carried our sins in his body on the cross. He carried our sins. Romans 4.25 he was given up for our transgressions and raised again for our justification. He was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of our sins, T.P.T. says, and was raised back to life to prove that he had made us right with God. Yes. He has made us right yes. with God. Yes. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, therefore, on account of this, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord then it goes on in chapter 8 and verse 1 and says there's therefore now are you following the trajectory yeah it's not random place after place it says there's there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death and death so he's taking our sins. Hello? Come and see what the Lord has done for me. He's taking away my sorrows. Sorrows and your sins. And a scripture says, examine yourself. It cannot be referring to something he has taken away. It can't. Six, go on. Seven. Gone. On. One. Now my sin is dead, Shay yeah. verse presses a weapon Father, my sins are forgiven, my sins are forgiven, the verdict over the believer is not guilty, and that verdict is never, ever, ever, ever ever. Going to change. The verdict remains blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. I write to you, little children, for your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Hallelujah. If you look at 1 Corinthians 11 in the light of that. You realize that you cannot be told to examine yourself. To find sin that cannot be found. That cannot be found. Because his death was for sin. That brought about the new covenant. Because I explained to you. That the forgiveness of sins is the introduction of a new covenant. Do you remember that? The forgiveness of sin is the introduction of a new covenant. It buries an error. And establishes another that's why Jesus says that this cup is the New Testament in my blood because the forgiveness of sins by the blood of Jesus is the introduction to a new covenant I took time to explain to you as we started the series that as you go through scripture you see that stuff happened but that it shows something greater and I said to you that Jesus will take advantage of the Passover or the Feast of the Unleavened Bread to teach something greater somebody who forgave your sins is telling you this is what what I did did there is what I did then there is what what I did now came and did do you understand what I'm saying there's there's the, there's the thing that was done and there's the effect of what was done and I've showed you over and over that In John's account of Jesus's last day you see that in one sitting across chapters of John Jesus sits them down and teaches them the same thing we run through John 12, John 13 John 14, John 15 John 16, John 17 right Jesus is teaching and praying let me me read you some of the prayers that Jesus prayed and you will see why what is happening today is the heart of the father the heart of the father Jesus starts to pray and he says father the hour has come glorify your son that your son may also glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh John 17 and verse 2 that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him and this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent this is Jesus praying I have glorified you on the earth I have finished the work which you have given me to do he has not died so what is the work in this context It cannot be referring to the finished work. Because it was not yet finished. It was on the cross. He said it is finished. So contextually. I have finished the work. Cannot be referring to dying on the cross. Because he was yet to even be arrested. In fact he was yet to be betrayed. So it will be ignorance. To make you read finished work. Into this prayer. I have finished. The work. Which you have given me to do. Moving forward, I will give you clarity. And now, oh Father, glorify me together with yourself. By glorifying me, what's he referring to? I'm going to die. Yes, yes, yes. To receive a glorified body. Because glorification comes on the other side of mortality. Yes, sir. That's why what you're expecting is a glorified body. Yes, so glorification comes on the other side of mortality. So when he's saying glorify me with the glory I've had with you, what was he referring to? His death the glory which I had with you before the world was six I have manifested your name that's the work in this context to the men whom you have given me out of the world he has not died he says I finished the work you gave me I have manifested your name to those you have given me out of the world they were yours Jesus is praying to the father
2: yes, sir.
1: they were yours you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Seven. next verse. Now, Mahalaga, they have known that all things which you have given me are from you, verse eight. For I have given to them, it says, you see where it says that I've, I have finished the work, I have manifested your name, I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they have kept your word now they have known all the things which I've given are from you for I have given to them your words which you have given me and they have received them and have known surely that I came forth from you and they have believed that you sent me verse 9 I pray for them I I do not pray for the world but for those whom you have given me for they are yours and all mine are yours and all yours are mine and I am glorifying them 11. Now, I'm no longer in the world. He's here. He's here. He's here. But these are in the world, and I, and I come to you. By coming to you, he's going to die. Yes. Holy Father, keep them, keep through your name those whom you have given me. See the first prayer. I finished the work. I manifested your name. I've given them your word you've given me. They've kept your word. They believed your word. Now I pray. That they may be one. That's the first request. As they, as we are one. See the next verse. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those who you gave me, I have kept. And none of them is lost except the son of perdition. That the scripture might be fulfilled. I've explained this to you before. Next verse. But now I come to you that these things I speak in the world. And these things I speak in the world. That they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, 14. And the world has hated them because they are not of this world. We'll come back to it. Just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. i mean, 17 now. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I do not pray for these alone. Referring to his disciples. He says, but also for those who will believe in me through... Their word through the word in the disciples mouth I prayed for these ones you have given me out of the world that you may make them one and sanctify them for that by their truth by your word is truth and it's because of them that I'm being sanctified for their sanctification and not only them alone but also for those who would believe in me through their word referring to you and right I now and see the prayer because the semicolon share shows that what is coming next is the prayer and what is the prayer as you, father are in me and i in you that they also may be one in us it is on account of this that the world will believe that you sent me so there's something about the disunity of the church that calls into disrepute the word of god there's something about the disjointedness of the church that casts aspersions on the message of the cross And he prays and he says that they may be all, all of them, may be one in the Father and in the Son, one in us. So that the world will believe that you sent me. So there's a light you rub the world of when the church is walking in disjointedness. Isn't that what's going on in the world today? People, Christians in trouble don't need unbelievers to say anything. Christians will kill each other. Non-believers are the onlookers. what's going on? Non-believers just sit down and watch you tear each other apart. They don't need to fight you. The church is great. The church, the greatest persecution of the church is the church. And it grieves the heart of the Father because Jesus praying says that there may be one in me and you. So that the world. I'm not here praying for the world, though. But as how the world will believe. when they see see. how the ones I'm praying for are one. And this is an indictment on the church that before you are praying to reach the lost, can you act like the found? Can you live like the found? Can you walk and talk like the found? Can you be spirit led and manifest spirituals like the one who has been found? I'm not praying for the lost. We are praying. Let's, let's pray. Let's Let's pray for the lost. Let's fix the found. And that by the fixing of the found, by the unity of the found, the world will believe that you sent me. Are you here? And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one can you hear the pray? can you hear the heart of jesus the glory you gave me i gave them the glory so they can use this glory to be one the glory the church is given is to the intent that they are one just as we are one just as you and i are not striving just as i come and say i do not come of my own accord i do not speak my own words but what i hear the father speak you remember that's how Jesus is speaking yes, only what the father says I say I must walk the works of him that sent me while it is day he's constantly showcasing highlighting the unity of him and the father yes, I thank you father because you always hear me now the glory of given me I've given to them that day maybe one keep going next verse this prayer is important for you to get context of what happened in the upper room Are you following me now? I in them, you in me, that they may be perfect in one and that the world may know. You see that again? That you have sent me and have loved them just as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you give me may be with me where I am. That they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and that I may be in them was the prayer of Jesus as he finished this in 18 and verse 1 he went out to the garden to pray was arrested was killed of course other Gospels identify the garden as Gethsemane this is what happened leading up to the death of Jesus he was dying for sin but you see this prayer and he doesn't pray for the forgiveness of their sin oh come on talk to me church but he was going to the cross to die for their sins see there is what Jesus did there is what what Jesus did did and we are fixated on what Jesus did and we are paying zero attention to what that should have Spareheaded, what that should have catalyzed, what that should have triggered what that should have birthed in the world and in the church. Are you following it now? Yes, when I tell you the gospel is beyond the forgiveness of sins yes, so we celebrate our sins and for- it's a big deal, we celebrate our sins are forgiven, we celebrate and beyond that we come into cognizance of the effect of the forgiveness of our sins that's when you are discerning the Lord's body when you go past the selfish celebration of the forgiveness of your sins because that's how you can celebrate that you are the righteousness of god in christ that you become selfish that's how you can get fixated on celebrating righteousness justification my sins are forgiven i have eternal security and you are thinking about it only in terms of yourself
2: you're
1: not thinking about it in terms of your brother in terms of your sister, in terms of the church, in terms of your family, in terms of your neighbors, in terms of your course mates. You have eternal security. You have zero earthly relevance. Zero. Because you miss the fact that the forgiveness of your sins and your baptism into Christ introduces you to his body. Yes, to his body. Are you following this now? Yes, so he prays here. This he is there may be one, there may be one, there may be one. I finish the work. Once they get this thing, the work is done once, once they are one the work is done once this glory I'm giving them translates to making them one I've manifested your name so there's the cross and there's what Jesus was using the cross to achieve are you guys getting it there's what he was using the cross to achieve and it was what he was using the cross to achieve that he prayed about there's no how that I will die on the cross that their sin will not be forgiven I'm not praying for that one. I can't die ordinarily. Without the shedding of blood, there's no of sin. So once my blood is shed, whether their sin likes it or not, it's forgiven. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about the world. I'm not, I'm not praying for the world. I'm not praying for the world. It be I came to reconcile the world to you. It's not the world. The world is not what I'm praying for now. It's the grace of God that, appears, that, that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching them. I'm not praying for the world. I'm talking about these ones. And the ones that these ones will bring in. That they may stay saved and not lose their salvation. That they may not jeopardize their salvation by works. So, that they may preserve to until the last day. So it so shall be found worthy. He prays none of that. He yes, says that there should be one. Because yes, once they are one, the world will believe you sent me. means this unity in church equals to unbelief in the world directly proportional directly proportional and that's the impact of living in the local church somebody walks in and hears two people arguing and you say there's love in this church you just killed it somebody's dragging for a seat or dragging for a spot or manifesting themselves they are conceited, unregenerate old nature. And somebody has just excuses themselves. I'm like, no, this is, this is not where I want to be. So this unity in church equals to unbelief in the world. Yes, sir, sir. It's people that have not believed on the Lord Jesus because we have not supplied the world the unity the church needs to see. Yes. And he prays for them to be one. He prays for love to be in them as he is in them. Yes. He prays for them to be connected with the Father and the Son. He prays for them to come into each other and use the glory that he has given them for the unification of the body this is the context this is the setting of that last Passover are you following me now
2: yes,
1: sir. this is the setting of that Passover yes, sir. this is the culmination of the bread and the cup yes, sir. and he said this is my body yes, sir. this is what he says as often as you do this you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes not the Lord's death for forgiveness of
0: sin yes, sir.
1: Are you following me now? Did he die for the forgiveness of your sin? Yes. He did. He did. Is that what he was drawing emphasis to? No. When he took the bread and cup, his emphasis was the consequence of the forgiveness of your sin. And there may be one. So when Paul leveraged this, What Paul received was the revelation of the unification of the church that religion missed. Mm -hmm. Because religion just looks at bread, body, wine, blood, forgiveness of sins, full stop. And have no logical explanation for why you should be made to drink a blood that should be washing you. Because again, if the blood is for the sanctification of your sin, what sanctifies you, man? You use it to bath. Is it not so? You don't drink hypo. Or even your most expensive bath gel. You don't put it in a cup and measure it like cough syrup. And drink it so it can wash you internally. Blood for the forgiveness of sin is shed, not drunk.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes.
1: For the forgiveness of sin, no. It's shed. It's not consumed. So we run into logical quagmires where you have no answer to give people that would hold you to task and say, Come and explain this thing you are practicing. You say, All I know is that the word of God is a mystery. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Mystery that has been revealed for yes, 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 so we have received the spirit of God that we it is given to us to know the mind yes, sir. of the Father. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The word of God is 19 mysteries, 23 mysteries of the blood, 28 mysteries of the communion. And the only thing that is a mystery, you missed it, staring you in the face, hidden in broad daylight. You missed it. No, if we are drinking blood to wash us. We should wash with the blood. That's when we can find it all. So it is obvious by the particulars of the case we are considering it's not forgiveness of sin that was being talked about. Yes, sir. Jesus telling you to drink blood to partake in forgiveness is him co-opting you as a partner
2: yes, in yes, the sacrifice yes, sir. he paid yes, sir. for you. Yes, sir.
1: Does that make sense? Yes, Become partners. God supplied some You surprise me. See what you don't know, you don't know. Just leave it. Salvation is not partnership. It is not partnership. You didn't partner with God, it is exclusively an act of God. Without any participation of a man. So Jesus went to the cross, shed his, shed, 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 gave his whole blood, which is to say his whole life. Hebrews says once and for all, for the forgiveness of my sins. Uh And then as often as I drink it, I must drink it to receive forgiveness that, that. But but I I thought, excuse me, sir, I have a question. Do you understand, I have a question, sir. Sir, with all due respect, This salvation equation, it's not quantizing, it's not adding all. I I, I thought thought you said you had to sacrifice once, for all, and and it's it's not like I don't believe all. I believe. But then, and I have to do this often, 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 and even the doing self, I first have to examine myself. Because I want to drink blood f- to forgive my sin, but if I if I have sinned, the blood will kill me. Some things make no sense. Why is the blood killing me if the blood is supposed to wash me? Has what is a blessing become a curse? But I I, I, so, so I have many questions. though. I thought I thought James, your brother said that can one fountain bring bitter and sweet? See, hear me Church of Jesus Christ, hear me carefully. Blood that saves, cannot kill. It is either saving, or it is killing. It is either killing, or it is saving. It cannot both save and kill. Then we must suspect the blood. And if me, being me, having small sense in this life, I'm better off without the blood at all don't save me don't kill me just i don't need it why should i be calculating on what side of the blood am i today is the blood here to save me is the blood here to kill me no you know what i'd rather be bloodless you can keep your blood no see life is too dicey for probables yes, variables you know life is die- too dicey we doing I'm sure we show here the shift here small no life is too dicey for that and if that's how fickle salvation is I don't need it oh, yeah. so, so I must be topping up the forgiveness of sin
2: <laughs>
1: by eating bread wafer no sir the finished work of Jesus Christ cannot be captured in any symbols or tokens after the cross remember shadow and substance you cannot introduce a shadow after the substance you cannot introduce a token after the body has manifested tokens lead up to a manifestation shadows lead up to a substance not the other way around not taking us from Jesus so have we understood this now yes, Jesus died to forgive our sins yes, but there is a causative effect there's something that what he his his forgiveness of sins causes yes, to come to expression is in that cause in that effect in that manifestation that is where the church is sandwiched the church is sandwiched in that space after, directly after the forgiveness of sin. Does that make sense? Once you go immediately past the forgiveness of sins you enter the realm of the church. You follow me now? That's how you broke his body. So you become his body. As your sins are forgiven you are introduced into the new covenant. It's in that realm that the church exists. You must go beyond the forgiveness of sins and see the effect of the forgiveness of sins. The purpose of of the forgiveness of sins that's why i told you the kingdom order is cross church kingdom do you remember yes, sir. cross church kingdom now i've if if explained that i've sh- shown you the prayer of jesus yes, and you have seen that what was on his heart in the whole day that he was betrayed was the unity of the body yes, he was not fretting over the forgiveness of their sins he knew that once i die I mean, something that was so sorted that he was already going around before he died saying, your sins are forgiven. Somebody stretched out on the cross next to him. And he's saying, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Of course, I've explained that verse to you. He didn't say, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. No, Jesus did not go to paradise the day he died. So if Jesus is saying to the guy on the cross, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus lied. Yes, sir. Because Jesus did not go to paradise the day he died. Yes, sir. So he could not have been saying, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And it's not you that also said that he was in the, in the grave for three days and three nights. Even though you still cannot explain how Friday to Sunday is three days and three nights. Come on, three days and three nights. You cannot explain. The evening and the morning was the first day. So from your Friday night to Saturday, it's not one night and one day. From your Saturday to Sunday, it's not two nights and two days. How did he resurrect on Sunday morning if he died on Friday? There's no calculation you want to calculate. Three mornings you don't have. Three nights you don't have. Three afternoons you don't have. If you take Friday afternoon, he died about three o'clock. So that's late afternoon. If he count Friday afternoon, count Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, he woke up before afternoon. You carry Friday night? Carry Saturday night, Sunday morning, he woke up before night. Count Friday morning. You can have Saturday morning. You have Sunday morning. You don't have Friday morning. Because he died Friday afternoon. Three mornings you don't have. Three afternoons you don't have. Three nights you don't
2: have.
1: And you come to preach to me and tell me he 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 was in the grave for three days and three nights. Let me believe you that your own mass teacher has been able to squeeze three days and three nights into Friday to Sunday. Maybe he was in the grave for three days and three nights from Friday to Sunday. Please, inside those three days, where did he go to paradise and carry a thief with him? Because the woman wakes up and says, she sees the gardener and she says, please, where have you kept my master? I I came to minister to his body. And when her eyes opened and she saw it was the resurrected Jesus, she goes, Raboni, which is to say, King James says, Master, and she makes to touch him. And Jesus says, don't touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. At the time of resurrection, Jesus had not yet gone to the father. How did he pass and enter paradise? With only one person, a thief. Let me just branch. Heaven, sharp, sharp, don't drop these thief. Before the thief go change in mind. When you reach heaven's gates, you like you ask Gabriel. You, say, Shh. you ask Gabriel. You say, ah, Gabe, how fun? I bet for the house. Yeah. Have I bet not say anybody say I come home. I don't come drop these thief. May I go back, go die, finish. Two, two days still remain. Look, the thief. Yeah. May no thief register. Right yeah. May I quick go back? But he said, "No, don't touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father." When you look at that scripture, then you know that Jesus could not have have meant. I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. What did He mean? I say to you, today is today. Like this, I'm telling you. That you will be with me in paradise The comma is just in the wrong place yeah. uh, It's not I say to you Come out today you will be in paradise it's, I say to you today Come out. You see that paradise You will be there with me That thief Is still waiting for me Because that paradise We are either all entering together Or nobody's entering Nobody's entering One time We are all entering together He's sleeping like everybody else. The moment that understanding was being shared abroad, your sins are forgiven. Which is easier to say? Rise up, take up your bed and walk, or your sins are forgiven you. Ah, see, the Son of Man has power to forgive sin. Okay, but so that you will just, it it will clear you. Okay, rise up. Take up your bed and walk. Why did Jesus first say, Rise up, take up your bed and walk? Because everything about the infirmity of that guy was tied to sin. Yes.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So Jesus
1: just looked at him and said, your sins are forgiven you. Okay. That's wholeness. Yes, sir. That's okay. healing. Yes, sir. So his death, forgive. he was slain from the foundation of the world yeah. for the forgiveness of sin. Yes, Jesus' prayer, Jesus' examples were beyond the forgiveness of sins. That's why I told you there was some things else that happened. Remember Ephesians 1 7 You see and Colossians 1 14 you see in him we have redemption through his blood Through his blood the forgiveness of sins Ephesians 1 7 Colossians 1 in whom we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins So the shedding of his blood was for the forgiveness of sins The death of Christ on the cross is for the forgiveness of sins Yet, you come to Ephesians 4. We saw Ephesians 1 7, right? You come to Ephesians 4. Where do we go from? Let's go from 31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. 32. Be kind to one another, tender hearted. See this line. Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave, can you see how it opens the scope? Yes, sir. Jesus died for the forgiveness of your sin. Yes, sir. He, he, he died for the forgiveness of your sin. Yes, but the dying of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sin is also a lesson yes. in interchurch forgiveness. Yes, Forgiving one another. Even as God in Christ forgave you. How did God in Christ forgive you? On the cross. Yes, By the shedding of his blood. Yes, so, the shedding of the blood of Jesus. Forgive your sins. And taught the new creation that you will be. How to forgive your brother. Yes, Are you guys getting it? Yes, Let's see how. Let me see Let me see a modern translation. Let's see how the TPT puts this. Be instead kind and affectionate to one another. Has God graciously forgiven you? And the answer is, yeah then forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love so here now you see the death of Jesus beyond forgiving your sins you see the death of Jesus teaching you to forgive one another even though yes it was for your own forgiveness give me give me the person the message 432 be gentle with one another sensitive forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you so you now you see the death of Christ being an example in you forgiving your brother he forgave your sins and in doing that he taught you how to forgive Ephesians 5 1 and 2 you see another example of of what Jesus did did Jesus die for your sin yes. but I said to you they stopped that Jesus did by his dying they stopped that what his dying did did Yes, sir. <laughs> Ephesians 5 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as their children. This is coming from, give me the last verse of Ephesians 4. I've taught you when you see therefore, go back to chapter 5, verse 1. Whenever you see the word in scripture beginning with therefore, pause and investigate what the word therefore is there for. All right? Whenever you see a verse starting with therefore, therefore it's saying on account of yes. does that make sense yes. on account of yes, sir. following from yes, sir. further to yes, so whenever you see therefore pause and investigate what the word therefore is yes. there for now why is the word therefore there last verse of chapter 4 we just read it be kind to one another tender-hearted Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. On account of this, in relation to this, imitate God as their children. Verse 2. On account of this, walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So again, you see Paul referencing the death of Jesus here. Not for forgiveness of sin. He's showing us the death of Jesus as a sweet-smelling sacrifice given in favor of or on behalf of the person he loves. Yes, yes. So he's telling you too, the way Jesus died because of love. Yes. He's not referring to sin now. Yes, yes. He just used the same death of Jesus that was for our sin to explain how you should forgive your brother. In a verse earlier, then in the next verse he borrows the same death of Jesus and he says, "Walk in love as Christ loved us." and gave himself for us. What does he mean by giving himself for us? Died for us. What did his death do? Forgive our sins. Yes. But right now he's not referring to forgiveness of sin. But he's referring to the death of Jesus. That's why I said to you, calm down. Oh, I am forgiven. I am righteousness. That's not all there is, oh, so calm down. That's why I said we can teach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ all day, every day till he comes and we have not finished it. And this is what the church missed. Chasing after shadows when the substance is here. He died for our sins. But that's not all there is to it. Paul leverages it. Show us the TPT. Ephesians 5 and 2, in the TPT. Oh, I'll show you a bunch of scriptures. And then we're done. Continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ for he surrendered his love. Go back. Walk surrendered you basically you surrender in God's love or Christ's love because he surrendered in other words let his surrender inform your surrender do you see that He's, the context of Ephesians 5 1 and 2 is not forgiveness of sins Right now, the context is walk in love, selfless love. Yes, That's what Jesus also, also, also showed you by dying. Yes, sir. Do you get it? Yes, sir. Are you sure? Yes,
2: sir.
1: The message, Ephesians 5.2. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Beautiful. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. See the last three words. Are you learning something? Yes, sir. Love like that. Love without caution. Love without wanting to get something back in return. Love surrendered as a continuum, not as an occasion. Because that is how Jesus showed you love, by dying for you. He died to save you. He died to teach you to forgive by dying to save you. He died to teach you to love by dying to save you. This is the backdrop against which Paul is teaching the Lord's Supper. That is not Passover. Do you get it? I'll give you two more examples. Colossians 2 and 13. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made a life together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements. So he forgave your trespasses by dying yes, sir. on the tree. Right? Yes, Colossians 2. Right? Yes, now go to Colossians 3. Same letter. A chapter later. Colossians 3 and verse 13. Go back and read Colossians 2.13 again, please. I need you guys to follow me. You, you, being dead in your trespasses, that's sin. And the uncircumcision of your flesh. He made a life together with him, having forgiven you all your trespasses. He forgiven you your sin. So right now, Paul is talking about what Jesus did yes. to forgive your sin yes, sir. by dying. Yes,
2: sir.
1: Are we here? Yes, sir. Just one chapter later, exactly one chapter later, in Colossians 3 and 13. He's talking to them about conduct now, which is to say, keeping the unleavened bread. Yes, sir. Keeping the feast. Yes, sir. He says now, you, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you in chapter 2 and 13 he showing you that Christ died to forgive your sin yes. in chapter 3 and 13 he showing you how you should forgive your brother because Christ forgave you yes. so now in, cha- in colossians 313 the death of jesus christ becomes to show you how to forgive in colossians 2 and 13 the death of jesus christ is to show you that you are saved in Colossians 3:13, the death of Jesus Christ is not telling you that you are saved. That is what Colossians 2:13 is there for. In Colossians 2:13, it's showing you that Jesus died for your sin to forgive your sin. It's not telling you anything about your brother. A chapter later, in Colossians 3:13, the same death of Jesus Christ. Paul is using it to tell you you how to forgive your brother because that's how Jesus forgave you. So there are many lessons from the cross. In this gospel, there are many lessons from the cross. Forgiveness of sins, righteousness, and sanctification and justification being just a few of them. Not all. Are you here now? So Colossians 2.13 is showing you forgive each other just as Christ forgive. In other words saying, this is partly what Jesus was trying to show you when he died. He was partly trying to show you how to forgive each other.
2: Yes,
1: sir. Because you were his. Oh. You know when I told you that light, that the business of light is to speak for darkness. Yes. Why is somebody who has never believed on Jesus, ah oh Lord Jesus, why, why, why is somebody who has never Believed on Jesus. Why is an unbeliever called lost? Excuse me. If something is lost, you had it and then you misplaced it. I can't find my lost wallet. What about your wallet? I lost it. You had to have had it to lose it. So if an unbeliever is called lost, it means that guy didn't start off lost. Every unbeliever once, for lack of a better word, belonged to God. Why is the guy called the lost son in Luke 15? He was a son, then he left. We misplaced him. Lost son, my son. So when he comes back, what does the father say? My son was dead, he's alive. My son, my son, not my ex-son. My son was lost and is found. That's why you cannot hate the lost. You must be moved with sympathy, moved with compassion, moved with passion, moved with a burden. They are just your wayward brother. That's why Jesus prayed in John 17 and he says, they were with you. Then you gave them to me. Because it is not the Christian that is created in God's image. It's the human being. God created man in his image <laughs> not sons not those who will believe man some got lost some have been found but man is in his image so he forgives our sin and then he's telling you the reason why I also came to die was to teach you how to forgive each other? Mm-hmm. I forgive you, my brother, who was lost. That's why he always identified himself as son of man. Yes. Paul says he had like passions. Mm-hmm. Paul says he humbled himself, took upon him the form of a servant. That's humanity. Yes. So when Jesus forgave your sins, whose sins, technically speaking, was he forgiven? His brethren. Yes. Lost brethren. Yes, sir. Are you getting it? His lost brethren. Why? So now that the brethren are reconciled. The brethren can learn how to forgive each other. Because the elder brethren has forgiven us.
2: There
1: are many lessons at the cross. And you're wondering, but what are you saying? I will then show you the scripture I showed you three Sundays ago when we started church consciousness. First John 3.16. It will make sense now. You see 1 John 3.16. 1 John 3:16. I know it sounds like the one you know. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. Stay there first. It doesn't say by this we are forgiven. By this are we sanctified. By this are we made righteous. By this are we just... I keep telling you there's more to your salvation than I am the righteousness of God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. Then he goes on to say, and we also ought to lay down our lives for our prayer. Now hold on. Let us listen together. Yes, if the context of laying down life here Is sin then Jesus is then telling you that the only way to forgive your brother is to die for them if you're not happy with how your brother is treating you go and die for them because after all when I didn't like how you were behaving I died for you if the dying of Jesus here is exemplifying or talking about the forgiveness of sin then Paul lied in all the scriptures I've just shown you when he says forgive each other. He didn't say kill yourself for each other. He didn't say go to the cross. Oh, you hurt me so bad. You know what? I want to forgive you. So, I'm going to... so if this context of scripture is referring to forgiveness of sin, it means every time you want to forgive somebody that offended you, you should die. That means technically speaking, there's only one person you can forgive. So even if, no, we did not have a problem with 70 times 7? 7. Because you only have one life. Not 490. So now, you are dying for... How, how can we do 70 times 7? It's not you that said it. It's our excuse. I, I, I thought you said forgive one another as Christ. I thought you said forbearing. Then now you are saying, put down your life. If I put down my life, which other life lies to forbear? It's not somebody who's alive that can Forbear. This causes you to re-examine the text and say, No, this cannot be what it means. And the moment you arrive at that juncture, light comes. Then you look at it again. First John 3:16. And it says, By this, this is how we know love. He died for you. You too. Die for your brother. But I don't mean die. Just like I don't mean wash your feet. Yes. Just like I don't mean eat bread and drink blood I don't mean die as in die I mean be selfless as concerning your brother I mean esteem your brother more highly than yourself I mean discern the Lord's body. so all through scriptures you see patterns of examples being pulled out, lessons being pulled out of the same cross, Mm. same cross, same cross, I I probably will skip that today but you see how when Mary Magdalene went to say give me his body, let me serve his body, let me, I came to anoint his body, Jesus was dead, she came with spices after the high Sabbath she said where have you laid his body I came with stuff to minister to it. His body is dead. I came to minister to it. Body is broken and lifeless. I came to minister to it. What was that? Another lesson from the cross on discerning the Lord's body. What is the state? What was, how was Mary Magdalene identified? Whether they believe Mark 16 or not. The one out of whom seven demons was was cast. So she identified as a disciple of Jesus. And she came looking for the body of Jesus to minister to. If you are a disciple because he has saved you, what is your posture? Looking for the body of Jesus to minister to. getting this. I'm looking for the body of Jesus. Where's? where's the body of Jesus? I want to anoint it. Where, where's the body of Jesus? I want to feed it when it's hungry. Where's, where's, where's the body of Jesus? I, I want to give it a place to sleep. Where is the body of Jesus? Like Mary Magdalene, every discerning believer is going around looking for the body of Jesus that you may minister to. Looking for the body. Where's his body? Give me his body. I'm all about his body. He's dead, right? I not. I saw him die. He's dead. I know. But where's the body? I don't need to see him to serve him. Who is getting this? I don't even need him to talk back to me. I don't need him to give me anything. I, I don't need him to pray over me. I don't need to... Bless. He's dead. It's okay. I, I can't hear from him. It's okay. But, but where's his body? Love him that much to minister to his body. He has made too much impact in me enough to neglect even his body. Where, where is his body? Give me. Give me his body. I wanna bless his body. Give me his body. I wanna to touch his body. Give me his body. I wanna look after his body. I wanna clean his body. I wanna make sure his body doesn't go corrupt. I wanna make sure his body doesn't ferment. I wanna I want make sure his body doesn't rot. I'm okay. He's done enough for me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's done enough. 70 months, all gone. Give me purpose. Give me life. And he's not here no more, but I have his body, don't I? Yes. Give me his body. And that's the place of a disciple. A disciple is always looking to serve his body. Disciple is always looking to serve his body, to minister to his body, to communicate, commune, fellowship with the body just for his name's sake. For sake of what the head did. I will kill the body with love. Because of what the head did to forgive me. I will smother and overwhelm the body with care. Because of what the head did for me and brought me into. I will shower kisses and generous gifts upon the body. Because of what the head did to me. Oh, I will forgive the body. I will nurture the body. This is how I show my debt of gratitude to the head. Give me his body the head is not here it's okay but he left his body didn't he, yes, sir. Well, yes, sir. he left his body yes. give me his body that's what John is talking about in 1st John 3 16 it says lay down your life yes, for your brother yes, sir. having said all that let's see how the TPT puts it. I haven't seen it in the TPT before but let's see how the TPT puts that scripture 1st John 3 and 16 beautiful this is how we have discovered loves reality Jesus sacrificed his life for us because of this great love we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another yes, sir. do you get it now yes, sir. let's see how the message puts it oh I minister to his body yes, sir. just show me that this is the body I mean this is how we've come to understand and experience love Christ sacrificed his life for us. This is why we ought to live sacrificially. See that? For our fellow believers and not just be out. Am I teaching you well? So, is he talking about salvation here? What's he talking about? Love. Jesus gave himself for you because he loved you. Now he has shown you how to love and what love does. Otoos in this manner. Now that he has shown you how love does, do likewise. It's not referring to a literal dying for sin here. So when it says examine yourself in 1 Corinthians 11, he's not talking about sin. When Paul is talking about the bread and the cup, in 1 Corinthians 11, he's not talking about forgiveness of sin and salvation. It's talking about the unity, the love, the togetherness of the body. Just examine yourself. Examine yourself. Where are you with a fellow believer in the body? 1 Corinthians 12, we'll read from verse 12. Somebody say, I discern the Lord's body. I discern the Lord's body. Never again will I walk in dishonor of the Lord's body. I'm looking for the Lord's body to be a blessing. As long as you show me where the body is, I'm ready to serve it. I don't need to see the head. Just give it And in this season, the Lord Himself, by Himself, is showing you the body. He says, We are the body. We are the body. So, what do you if Mary Magdalene saw the body, what would she have done? I leave it to your wildest yes. imagination. And, me, she will lay there. Somebody that was already using her hair to wipe his feet. Yes, sir. She will camp there. No single fly will come near that body. No, The body will not rot. It will not stink. It will not ferment. It will not corrupt. It will not be naked. She will look after the body like Jesus was there in the flesh. Yes, sir. If Mary had set her sights on the body of Jesus, nothing would have shifted her from that room. Nothing, yes, sir. Yes, sir. nothing, nothing. Now where are the Marys in this room that have the privilege that Mary didn't get—the privilege of having His body with you? Yes. His body is with us. His body is us. Yes, sir. I've made daring statements like this in the past. When I said, show me a place in scripture where God called in the New Testament a believer to love him. Where God is challenging you to love him. Love is discussed in only two ways in the New Testament. That the believer will know it of God and that the the believer will do it to the believer. That's all. That you will know the love of God. That you rooted and grounded in love that you will understand that nothing can separate us from His love. Once you know and discern His love, now carry what He has shown you and give your brother. God is not asking love of you, He's giving love to you and demanding it from your brother. Of you. Anybody that says they love Jesus and hate His body is an Antichrist. Because yes, we are the body. Now, don't talk about the body. Smother the body with attention and affection. Make sure the body of Jesus never hurts. Make sure the body of Jesus never decays. Never rots, never ferments, never lacks any good thing. Don't ignore the body because the head is not here. He left his body. And this body is alive and breathing. 1 Corinthians 12 and 12, now read carefully. For as the body is one has many members but all the members of that one body being many are one body so, so is Christ keep going for by one spirit we are all baptized into one body yes, sir. whether Jews or Greeks whether slaves or free and all have been made to drink into that one spirit keep going for in fact so no human being can by themselves say I am the body of Christ in fact, the body is not one member, but many keep going. If the foot should say, "Because I am not a hand, I'm not of the body." Is it therefore not of the body?" And if the ear should say, "Because I' am not an eye, I'm not of the body, Is it therefore not of the body?" And this is where, this is where heresies die. Uh, now some people they do this thing. Some people are all over the place. some people are, some people are not. Some people are, some, see the eye is not the ear. The ear is not the hand. You must trust the leading of the Spirit of God and the oversight of the pastors he gives you to properly socket you in the body. So you must trust the Lord and the leading of the Spirit by the oversight of the pastors to socket you properly. You can feel your ear, but you are an eye. You can feel that. I can do this, you know. But that's not your place. Put the verse back. If the whole body were an eye, if all of us were dragging for one thing, Who will do the other things? If all of us want to be the one in the limelight, who will be in the foreground? Who will be in the background? If all of us want to be in the background, who will speak for us? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole body were hearing, where would be the smelling? This is your Bible. But now, God has set the members, each one of them, in the body. Just as he pleased. Now, if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed, there are many members, not many bodies. Many members. Yet, one more. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head say to the feet, I have no need of you. 22. No, much rather. Those members of the body which seem to be weaker and necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable. On these, we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. I've explained this to you before. If you are looking at wiping and washing, your anus gets the most attention. Not because you like it or you're a fan of it. But you just understand that necessity demands that every time you excrete or do something close to it, you go and you do a wee and you wipe. You do a poo, you wipe. You do a fart sometimes, you wipe. And you will never bring your anus to church and show it to the church. And when you you wipe your anus or wash it, hopefully, you wash your hands. The idea is you wash your anus with your hands. Then you wash your anus off your hands. Cumulatively, your enos gets a lot of attention. If we could put your hand. When you come back home. Under a your microscope. You sharp blood of Jesus. Watch. <laughs> those hands that you struggle to wash. Those hands. Selma came up to say what the Lord was saying. While she was speaking. And declaring the counsel of God. I was seeing her nails. And as my God. These are prairie nails. Now. Put the nails on. See how lovely. They, they, they look lovely. Don't they? The gloss and the acrylic on this. And the nail polish and the filing on this. Doesn't mean that these hands are clean. Now, Example. It does not suggest that these two people plus everybody else wash their hands as soon as they get home. In fact, chances are they are so much in admiration of how beautiful their nails look that they will not even think of washing. Are you following me? No, they're so pretty nails. The fact that you pay attention and you beautify them doesn't mean that they're clean. But you're not going to remember to wash your hands. But there's no way these ladies... Will do a dump and will not wipe their behinds. Yeah. The, the chances of these gorgeous ladies forgetting to wipe their behinds is next to zero. But you see, we come in church and what are we carried away by? Your nails are lovely. Not everybody in church is a glittering fingernail, not everybody in church is the beauty you can see. And so you must learn to discern the Lord's body beyond what is visible beyond what is shiny beyond what is in your face there are other parts to the body you can't treat the body of christ different to how you treat your body that's why paul says in ephesians 5 no man hateth his own body but nourisheth and cherisheth it people that are in the body that are not visible. They're not loud. They're not bold. Instantly. So people need a bit more push, more shove, and more attention than others. So people need more sharpening than others. It doesn't mean one person superior or inferior to the other. But it means we appreciate the diversities of gifts in the same body. And we can't get carried away by what is on display. Or by who is on display. We can't Star comes and sings and blows the whole place away. And once we see star coming to sing, we know what to expect. Because it's star. But in that same meeting, there is a move. Hallelujah, go finish for my mouth. Oh. Yes, same meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goodness and mercy, they follow for my mouth. Oh. Praise the Lord, cannot vanish from my tongue. Oh, hallelujah, finish, and the only athlete in that whole ministration was he finish. But in the purity and sincerity and truth of wealth, we discern the Lord's body as much. As in the dexterity, yes. the musicianship yes. of star, yes. we don't go heresies that then leads to schisma yes. because we value star over sama over wealth. Ah, me today, it was Tiger that did it for me, oh. It was Tiger? Why she don't come? That I stand there. When she, ah, in the same meeting Danny stands and goes I search the world yes. he couldn't feel me yes, sir. Yes, sir. man's God, empty praise God, treasures God, the faith and his only aleve is hey. but it is just as weighty yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. in the discerning of the Lord's body as Charlie that will do 20 reefs and runs in 10 minutes, yes, or as Alfred that will use all of us as turn us to students when he's singing. Yes, That's what happens when we discern the Lord's body. There's an individuality in our togetherness. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you're not comparing gift's accent yes, sir. With, with Mika's accent. Yes, sir. Orchido's beautiful tone and command of words and her syntax with Caleb's raw fire. I'm not talking temperaments, that's nonsense. Yeah. I'm talking the makeup of the body. Yeah. By the spirit. Yes. You stand here and Amos will come and read what he wrote. And you are melting into the ground. He doesn't shout, he smiles. Reads it like a dialogue that he's having with himself. Yes. Finishes. Eh? Then abundant grace comes. Tears the whole place with his voice that echoes. without turn in microphone. Yes. And it's the same body. Yes. None yes. more important than the other. Yes. Let's finish that scripture and we're out of here. Those members of the body we think to be less honorable. On those we bestow, get our honor and our presentable parts. Have greater modesty, you love your face so much you will not cover it. Your bum is a different color from the rest of your skin, and we will never see it. Yes. So, there's no part of the Lord's body that you should despise, both within and without. Presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, having given greater honor. To the part which lacks it. Are you following me? Yes, sir. God that knows that you will not ever think of honoring your bomb, designed your bomb to be the one you will need to wipe every time you use it. Yes, this is your bomb that you don't like, this is your bomb that you don't pay attention to. Every time you use it, you wipe it. God having come put put it, that's in us. 24. Is it helping anybody? Yes, sir! But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. Is anybody receiving instruction? Yes, sir! Yes, sir! One body. One body. One
0: body. One body.
1: See verse 25 go from 24, so you can link it to 25, I'm almost done, just two more verses, but our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body, that those having greater honor, the part which lacks it, see why God did that, that there should be no schism, no rending of the body, that's why God structured the body the way he did. So this one is supplying to the other, the other one is supplying to this one. And there is such hegemony, such concert in the body, that there should be no schism. But that the members should have the same care. TPT 25, same care. He has done this intentionally. So that every member would look after the others with mutual concern. And so that there will be no division in the body. Next verse. In that way, whatever happens to one member, happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. Your victory is my victory. My victory is your victory. You cannot be dismissive because you're not the one that God did something for. If God did it for one, have you seen me rejoicing over people's good news? It's it's, it's beautiful, I take it personally. Personally, your admission, your promotion, your healing, your fees paid, your exam passed. I rejoice over exam results. I rejoice over businesses starting. Logos being designed, I'm full of gratitude. Because it's one body. You can't dissociate yourself from something else because it's not working for you. Somebody's win highlights your depravity. Somebody gets something, all you take from that is a reminder that you don't have it yet. Somebody gets a job, you are reminded that you have been in the market for seven years. Somebody gets admission, all you remember is the eight times you have written jam. And that's what divides the body. Yes, but one person wins. Everybody wins. Yes, you hear that somebody's healed. You're like, that's mine, Lord. That's mine. Yes, that's mine. If this person has got it, I rejoice. Because then it shows that mine is coming. It shows. Because if he did it before, he'll do it again. Yeah. Same God right now. Same God back then. Yes, you rejoice. You never allow anybody's apparent success take you off the wrong way. You rejoice people are getting married rejoice people have babies rejoice 27 now you are the body of Christ you are the body of the anointed one and each of you is unique and a vital part of it Tell anybody together we're an important part of it together we're a vital part of it father thank you for your body as we behold each other we discern your body As we discern each other, we look beyond just what we see and who we see. We look at the families and what they represent. We look at their spouses. We look at their children. We look at their parents. We look at their course mates. We look at their colleagues at work. We look at the people on the streets they live in. And we release a heightened discernment of your body across the nations of the earth. We thank you that we will not hurt one another. We'll uphold one another. Not be in competition with one another. Compliment, uphold, and support one another. Ferociously love one another. We thank you for your love shed abroad in our hearts. And we celebrate all your doing that strengthens us and causes the body that you died for to emerge in the earth. We give you thanks and praise. In the name of Jesus.
0: Well, that's it for today's teaching. We trust it has been worth your time. For more of these messages from our stables, kindly subscribe to our teaching podcast at www.thebasileacommission.podbean.com or via the Podbean app on your mobile device. For inquiries and further information, kindly send us an email to info at or find us on social media with the handles at the Truth Simply Put or at the Church. You can also send us an SMS, call us, or connect with us via WhatsApp on 234 70 Finally, if you would like to give to support the work that we do, kindly follow the Patreon link in our podcast or contact our office for details. Thank you.